0: Number Eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. I want to thank my buddy Ben Ferguson for sitting in for me yesterday. He's a good man and I much much appreciate it. Man oh man a Shevitz, there's a lot to jump into here. I hope you'll stick with me all three hours very important to the extent you can. But we're gonna start with something a little unusual here. Despite all that's going on, we're going to start with Barack Milhouse, Benito Obama. And we're going to learn something from how he conducts himself, how the media jump to his every syllable. And we're going to unravel this once and for all. Now we have to start, unfortunately, with Obama. We have to play the clip so we know what we're responding to here. Here he is. He gets this kiss-ass interview from Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper doesn't challenge Obama on anything. Doesn't challenge Obama on his ideology. Doesn't challenge Obama what's going on on the border, which he supports. Doesn't challenge Obama for his utter silence when it came to all the riots. In fact, his support in some ways for it. The fact that his former staffers, two-thirds of the Biden administration, is populated by his former staffers. His past anti-Semitism. Obama's not questioned about anything on CNN. Instead... Anderson Cooper and the other uh, frauds at Jeff Motherzucker's CNN used the occasion to prod Obama to attack Trump, to attack you, to attack Fox. That's why CNN has no ratings. Literally, they're dead. It's a wasted carbon footprint. Let's take a listen to what he had to say, because I want to unravel this and unravel about how the left, the Democrats, and the media do this and what we can do about it. So I'm giving you a little bit of a peek into American Marxism. And by the way, I've been off the air Saturday, Sunday, Monday, three days. And this has been the number one nonfiction on Amazon and on Barnes & Noble. And that's because of you, and I want to thank you. And I don't believe you're going to regret it. Seventeen and a half bucks, I think you're going to say that was well worth it. That's my hope. That's my belief. But let's, let's get into this a little bit. Cut five, go.
1: I also think that there are certain right-wing uh, media venues, for example, that monetize and capitalize on stoking the fear and resentment of uh, a white population that is witnessing a changing America and seeing uh, demographic changes, and and do everything they can to give people a sense that. Um, Uh, their way of life is threatened, and that people are trying to take advantage of them. Well, first of
0: all, a couple of things, just from that sense. How come it's okay when Obama and the Democrats note demographic changes happening in the country? But if I say it, it's white supremacy. Right, Mr. Producer? How come come when you look at the census data and you look at these various uh, entities like Gallup and Pew and you see it with your own two eyes... Obama brags about it. Biden brags about it. The Democrats brag about it. This is what the Democrats want. This is what the Democrats are doing. That's why the border's open. I've written about this, talked about this. It's liberty and tyranny. How come when we mention, look what they're doing. Oh, you must be a white supremacist. Is Barack Obama a white supremacist? Now that's number one. That's number one. And this is purposeful what they're doing. Whatever you think about it, this is purposeful what they're doing. Number two, white America is uh, resentful, and white America fears this. White America is resentful, and white America fears this? I don't know what white America is. There are people in this country, all walks of life, all backgrounds, all races, who do not believe the border should be open to sex offenders and coyotes, and to little kids coming across the border without their families? McAllen, Texas is right on the border with Mexico. It's 85% Hispanic. It's a heavy Democrat city. They just elected a Republican mayor. So the lie that's out there by Obama and his ilk, radical American Marxist ilk, and the media is that only white people and white supremacists are concerned about what's happening to the country. No, that's not true. I'm not done.
1: Go ahead. Right now, right, where uh, you would think with all the public policy debates that are taking place right now that, you know, the Republican Party would uh, be engaged in a significant debate about uh, how are we going to deal with the economy and what are we going to do about climate change? No, we are
0: involved in a debate about how we're going to deal with the economy. Anyway, go ahead.
1: What are we going to do about... Lo and behold, the, the single most uh, important issue to them apparently right now is critical race theory. Who knew that, that that was the threat to our
0: republic? Now, you see, this is how it works. Critical race theory, what are you worried about? Like it's a threat to our republic. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? And the people who raise this, obviously they have monetary interests. Obviously it's right-wing media. Obviously it's white people scared of demographic changes in this country. What's the problem? Here's the problem. I'm going to confront this. You're going to hear everyone on Fox and everyone on radio do this now. The problem is it's Marxism. And Obama knows it. Now I'm going to give you a little history lesson here, a little, little bit of information that you have not heard. And it is an American Marxism, and I should know better and keep my mouth shut because it will be repeated and repeated and repeated, and then suddenly you'll say, well, Marx repeating what somebody else said. I am not. This critical race theory comes from something called critical theory. And it's part of a Marxist movement in the 1960s in this country. And the founding father of this critical theory movement was Herbert Marcuse. Now, who does I say? He's a man that was a professor at many Ivy League schools in this country. He was born in Germany. He's a Hegelian Marxist ideologue. He worked with the Franklin School of Political Theorists, which was basically a communist beehive. And as a young man, as a young man in Germany... He saw the rise of the Communist Party and he saw the rise of the Third Reich. And he was certain the Communist Party would win. He was certain that people would be drawn to the Communist Party because of the Communist Party's ideology. He was a true Marxist. But that's not what happened. For a number of reasons, I don't need to get in here, we'll do it another day. And he needed an explanation. Why isn't this happening? So he escapes to the United States where he spreads his form of what I call American Marxism and he writes extensively and one thing you don't know is that he was the brainchild behind the new left movement the riots of the 1960s students for democratic action the violence that occurred the attempt to blow up the capitol building and other buildings in the pentagon he was the ideological mastermind behind that movement He's the ideological mastermind behind critical race theory. Others picked up from where he left off. But nonetheless, he's the founding father of critical theory and ultimately critical race theory. We'll get into this in much more detail when we all have the book in front of us. As it turns out, and I'm, I'm excited, you know, you spend a long time writing these things and researching them. I just got the hardcover today. I'm looking at what you're going to have. And I think you're going to really jump into this and digest it and really want to help save your country. So here's Barack Obama. Here's my point. Is this the biggest thing that's going on? Talk about the, hey, we're talking about about Marxism. We're talking about Marxism being taught to our children in public school classrooms, in elementary schools, in secondary schools, in high schools, of course, in colleges and universities, which have been doing this for years. We're talking about the National Education Association and the American Federation for Teachers embracing this and promoting this. We're talking about school boards across America and schools, administrators across America embracing Marxism and spreading Marxism. That's what they're doing. We're talking about media personalities, professors going on these various news platforms promoting Marxism. We're talking about Corporate boards and corporatists, executives, who are embracing critical race theory, they're embracing, shockingly enough, Marxism. LeBron James, half the sportscasters on ESPN, ESPN, half the coaches for professional sports. Now, some don't know it, and some do, but it's our job to explain it and to confront it. This is just a little piece of the book. But because of Obama, I just couldn't be quiet anymore about this. And again, I'm not going to get into all of it. I'm just giving you a feel for it. And one of the things Marcuse says is, America is a very tolerant country, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? 1965, he writes an entire piece on tolerance. And you know what he says about tolerance? Tolerance is an end in itself. You go, what are you talking about? Because if you pretend to be a tolerant society, with the civil rights movement, with the Warren Court, with the EEOC, with federal causes of action, and uh, people getting to vote—no more uh, Jim Crow and stuff like that—you're actually suppressing. You go know, what? You're suppressing. You're eliminating a Marxist revolution. You're eliminating violence. You're sucking people in. You're you're colonializing their minds. So that they become a part of your society. You're pacifying them. It's a neo-colonial effort. That's what it is. The philosophers, so-called, and the top advocates of critical race theory, this is what they teach. That Marxism will not have a chance in this country until we destroy all the impediments. You know they reject the civil rights movement. I heard Geraldo, this isn't a criticism, on Fox today, on The Five, he was saying, look, you know, people were taught about, you know, black kids We're taught all about uh, these, these great heroes of the Confederacy and all. What do you expect? This has nothing to do with that. Nothing. When we come back, I will explain it further. I'll be right back.
2: Love in.
0: Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. And if we are going to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these things, and it teaches them still today. The great news is that we can all study these things, along with Hillsdale College professors, right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, We can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. My friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on Earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. You know, I don't know what it is, really, during breaks and other times. People write me. You should do this on your show. You should have this guest. Don't forget to mention us. Don't. Who uh, who has the brass ones to bother a talk show host about this? It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. People constantly tell me how to do my job or how to do a show. I move on. You're the audience. You're who I care about. I'm trying to unravel what Obama did in this whole effort here. There were many prominent critics of uh, CRT, critical race theory. One of the most important ones to me was the late Reverend Martin Luther King Jr.'s chief of staff, confidant and friend, his closest confidant, Dr. Wyatt T. Walker. Now, Walker was a legend in the civil rights movement in his own right. His friend and frequent collaborator in the school choice movement, Steve Klinsky, writes that Walker was King's field general in the organized resistance against notorious Birmingham Safety Commissioner Bull Connor. I'm not going to read this whole thing to you, but why is this significant? Because Walker had nothing but contempt for critical race theory. He was disgusted with it. And critical race theoreticians were disgusted with him and the civil rights movement. Remember what I said earlier about what Marcuse had said. Marcuse said that this is nothing but an effort to create a tolerant society to prevent the proletariat from rising up and overthrowing this country. Well, of course, they have nothing but contempt for the Civil Rights Act of 64, the Civil Rights Act of 65, Martin Luther King himself, although only a few of them will admit that. And Martin Luther King's confidant saw it, and he knew it. Because he's not a Marxist. And so, this is what It's being taught to your children. This is what's being peddled to your children. Again, I'm not going to go into it anymore. I wrote page after page after page. I'm putting the book down. You understand my point? They reject all the progress that's been made because from their perspective, it's nothing more, nothing more than an effort to prevent a full-blown Marxist violent revolution. That is their belief. How do I know? Cuz I've read it. One scholar after another. I've read Marcus, just like the new leftist read Marcus. And he's not the only one. Derek Bell. He'd been a professor at Stanford Law School, then Harvard Law School. They don't hide their views. They're way out there for everyone to read. And so when you have these apologists on TV, and you have an apologist, Obama, whose buddies were domestic terrorists, whose buddies were Marcuse's followers. Nobody knows better than Barack Obama what critical race theory is, what critical theory is, because he was pals with domestic terrorists who are also followers of Marcuse and the New Left Movement. And that man was elected president of the United States for eight years. While well, they trashed Trump and they trashed all Repu- oh, the Republicans, is this their big issue? No, we got a lot of big issues, pal, a lot of them. But this sure as hell is one of them. I, I cover many in the book, but I thought you'd want to be aware of it. I'll be right back. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. And if we are going to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these things, and it teaches them still today. The great news is that we can all study these things, along with Hillsdale College professors, right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization The wisdom of ancient Judeo-Christian philosophers and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. My friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Joel Pollock at Breitbart wants me to mention that Salon mentioned in 2012 that Breitbart brought this subject up. There you go. So I hope Joel's happy with that. You know, there's people who've been working very, very hard in this. field. At Heritage, you have Gonzalez, you have this Chris Rufo. You've got many, many people. That's not my point. My point is to go back, find out where this came from, to present it to you through what I do, so we can better understand what's going on. And that's what we're going to continue to do. It's like climate change. It's not that I'm the first one to mention climate change. But let's go deeper. Let's take a really good look at this. I'm sure there's a million people who mention climate change. Good, bad, indifferent, left-wing, right, who cares? It's not what I'm interested in. And so we plow ahead. It's very, very important. We must confront people like Obama. We must unravel what they're trying to do. Will they just dismiss it and the media just dismiss it? I don't care what happened in 2012. This is 2021. And it's now taken over our schools. And people want answers and they want them today. And people want to know how to fight this and they want to know how to fight it today. And so it's very, very important, whether it's this or several other issues, that we focus on this. And that's the point. Now, Obama's not done. What about Obama on CNN again? On Trump and neo Nazis? This is amazing. This is a guy again who was friends with domestic terrorists. Cut four ago.
1: I thought that there were enough guardrails institutionally
0: um, that even after... What does some- that mean? A guy who wants to destroy our constitutional construct, a guy's buddy with bombers, a guy who's, who spends his every waking day trying to figure out how to fundamentally transform America, but I, uh, I thought there were enough guardrails institutionally What is he talking about? They hate the Constitution. They hate the guardrails. They hate the Electoral College. They hate sovereign borders. They hate private property rights. So, what are the guardrails Obama's talking about? Go ahead. Uh, That you would have uh, the first of all, he's as monotonous and inarticulate as, as he's always been. Go ahead.
1: Establishment who would say, okay, you know, it's a problem if um, the White House isn't,
0: doesn't seem to be concerned about Russian meddling. The White House uh, doesn't seem to be concerned about Russian meddling. His former vice president just handed the Russians a pipeline that our former president stopped. He, Barack Obama, refused to provide the Ukrainians with offensive military hardware that our president provided. He, Barack Obama, refused to put real serious sanctions on Putin that our president did. So he's grasping, he doesn't know what to say. You know, when you really think about the Trump presidency... He never violated or went beyond anybody's guardrails. He followed the law. He followed the Constitution. He followed court decisions when they disagreed. They made appeals. They win or draw. He never violated anything. He never went over guardrails. Go ahead.
1: It's a problem if um, we have uh, a, a president who's saying that You know, neo-Nazis marching in Charlottesville, there are good people on both sides. He
0: didn't say neo-Nazis marching in Charlottesville, comma, there's good people on both sides. Folks, I I don't know how many programs I've done where I've taken the transcript, and I've gone through it with you word by word. He never said these things. He never said Charlottesville and the neo-Nazis and the Klan are on one side and there's good people. That's not the way he said it. So they have to lie. They have to twist his words. And twist them for what? Obama doesn't even know how he, how he uh, jumped the guardrails. He doesn't even have any examples. And why is Anderson Cooper in interviewing Obama about Trump? Why is he interviewing Obama about the Republican Party? Why isn't he interviewing Obama about Obama and Biden and the Democrat Party? Why doesn't Anderson Cooper interrupt and say, you know, Mr. President, with all due respect, you've got quite a growing anti-Semitism movement within your party. Some people believe that you helped launch that. Uh, you have not come out and condemned AOC or Omar or Talib or any of them. Why is that? Was that a tough question? Yes, for him, not for the rest of us. Why isn't he asking him about himself and his party, his former vice president, and their agenda?
1: Go ahead. Degree to which uh, we did not see that Republican establishment say, hold on, time out, that's
0: What not the acceptable. hell is this
1: fool talking about?
0: Here's more. Go ahead.
1: Not who we are, but rather be cowed into accepting it and then finally culminating in uh, January 6th. So they
0: always have January 6th. I got to get January 6th. What does January 6th have to do with any of this? That was a spontaneous protest. You had a couple hundred people who charged into that Capitol building who had been condemned widely, and I want to get back to that in a moment, because condemning them widely doesn't mean they should be treated like they're in the old Soviet Union either. Which would have been another perfect question. How come he didn't speak out when the Portland courthouse was attacked for 90 straight days, including with Molotov cocktails, and policemen were injured, some of them severely injured with lasers pointed at their eyes and so forth mister former president why didn't you say anything black lives matter is a marxist anti-semitic organization mister president how come you don't condemn at least that part of them because Obama won't go on shows where he's questioned he only goes on shows where he can stutter and concoct these idiotic answers go ahead what originally was
1: oh don't worry uh, this isn't going anywhere. We're just letting
0: Trump All right, all right. To... You're, you're rambling. You know, that it's true. There are Obamaites out there with their eyes wide open, their mouths wide open, spittle dripping down their chin. As they watch Obama... Oh, my. Don't we miss Obama? Fantastic. Did another interview where he took credit for all the economic growth under Trump where he's taking credit for the radical left-wing actions of Biden. Honestly, this guy is a pseudo-psycho. I really believe that. I believe he believes this stuff. Oh, you're not allowed to question him. Well, I am. I am. These interviews are perverse. They're absurd. They, they show a man who... Uh where is Brandy X. Lee, Mr. Bidusi? What happened? She got fired at Yale. Remember, she and uh, she had a gaggle of uh, like-minded buffoons who were passing judgment on President Trump's uh, psychological well-being and mental well-being from afar. What happened to Brandy Exley? We could use her about now, don't you think? Except this time, maybe she could analyze Barack Milhouse, Benito Obama. Because these are some truly, may I say, with all due respect, some really dumbass comments. I'll be right back. love in. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. And if we are going to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these things, and it teaches them still today. The great news is that we can all study these things along with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, We can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. My friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Actually, I have a Breitbart story here for later. Um, I'm not going to get into this in great detail. The reason I wasn't here yesterday uh, is because when I was driving from the airport to my home in Virginia, uh, there was a little accident. I would say actually it was a big accident. And I'm actually very lucky to be here. And it involved a, uh, a dump truck. And uh, beyond that, I won't get into it. I was the uh, the recipient of a domino effect. And the car was totaled. I'm, I'm okay. But obviously, I couldn't get back here in time to do my job. So, don't call an ass. You don't have to, you know, are you okay? I'm fine. Here I am. It does get your attention. And, uh... But for a couple of moves in that car, uh, I'm sure it could have been a lot worse. So there is a God, I think. Don't you? And he was looking over me that about 4, 4.30 p.m. Eastern time yesterday. And, uh, and I'm very, very grateful. There's a lot here. When you hear the Democrats and media types, the the poison, the hate that they have for this country... I'll even go for the hate they have for white people. Like white people are some generic group of people. I mean, white people come in all forms and shapes. White people come in all religions and backgrounds and ancestries. White people come from all over the world, like black people and brown people and red people and yellow people. They're not all the same, and yet for the Marxists, they have to be the same. Because you have this dichotomy. Class warfare. Oppressor and oppressed, as we've talked about before. And you can't have oppressor and oppressed if you look at individual human beings uh, as individual human beings. You have to create classes. And so when Joe Biden goes out there and he talks about white supremacy is the greatest danger we face. Not nuclear missiles from Russia or China. No, no, no. Not a nuclearized Iran, which he's going to create. No, 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 that's not the most dangerous thing in the world. Not a sexual predator in your neighborhood, of which there will be many more because the borders open now. No, no, no. The greatest threat we face is white supremacy. Now, he is doing this because the Obama Marxists around him, the American Marxists, are pushing their agenda. Regardless of what communist China does or fascistic Russia does or the Islamo Nazi regime in Tehran does, they want to overthrow this system. That's what they want to do. Focusing on other countries, that's not going to fix anything. That's not going to change everything. And as I said the other day, these people wake up every morning trying to figure out how to overthrow our country how to destroy our traditions, which monument to turn down, which book to burn, which person to cancel. We don't do that. We wake up, we go to work, we do our thing, we raise our family and so forth. So the better we understand this enemy, and it is an enemy, the better we understand their tactics, and they have tactics, the better we understand how they're devouring our classrooms, our colleges and universities, our movie studios, our television networks, wittingly or unwittingly, and most of them wittingly, then the better we will be able to confront them. And I've only just begun. How about you? I've only just begun. Here's Obama speaking to the 2021 graduating students nationwide in a Twitter video Saturday. What is it? What did I say? I meant Joe Biden. Here's Joe Biden. Cut one, go. We're in the midst of a great movement for civil rights, women's rights, and environmental rights. No, we're not. We're not in the midst of any great movement, except to the hard left. We're not in any great civil rights, women's rights, or environmental rights movement. This is a mental job, this guy. He's so utterly unhinged. Go ahead. An inflection
3: point and we did our best to seize that moment because things were changing so rapidly. And now you face another inflection point. As we put this pandemic behind us, rebuild our economy, root out systemic racism, and tackle climate change, we're addressing the great crises
0: of our time with a greater sense of purpose than ever before. No, we're not. Massive deficit spending, massive regulations, A war on private property rights. A war on energy independence. Massive illegal immigration with wide open borders. It's not an inflection point to challenge racism and tackle climate change. This guy is a wrecking ball. Any idiot can do this. Well, there you go. Anybody Any seven-year-old can do this. Just send them to a candy store or a toy store. I want this, I want this, I want this. No, you can't have that. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. The only difference is he dresses it up as some righteous event. We don't have a civil rights movement going on. We don't need a civil rights movement. Everybody in this country is an individual, and they're free to do what they wish to do under the law. Nobody's stopping them. He acts like this is the 1920s or the 1960s it's not. Women's rights? Ask your wife, ask your mother, ask your daughter. Do they not have rights? What are they talking about? Not talking about anything. Environmental rights? Does the environment have rights? What the hell does that mean? Environmental rights. This guy is trying to create a fantasy of his own. A if you will a Potemkin nation. Not just a Potemkin village, over which he rules. And then he pats himself on the back of the head about know what a fantastic job he's doing. We're going to see more change in the next 10 years, he says later, than we saw in the last 50 years. Well, not if you and I have anything to say about it, because we're not interested in change, we're in- interested in liberty change for change's sake is a disaster. We're interested in progress, not change. Progress doesn't necessarily mean change. And the real understanding of reform, as Edmund Burke explained, reform is an understandable process of change. Change, per se, is a radical move. I'll be right back. I want you to listen to what Biden and his administration are up to here. Abbas, they claim he's a moderate Palestinian, pays $40,000 to a family of terrorists who murdered two Israelis. Now, Joe Biden and this guy, Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, and all the clowns that make up this fool's national security team, they have handed hundreds of millions of dollars through intermediaries and directly to the Palestinians since they came into office. No strings attached. Effectively. They're offering them a two-state solution. They're trashing the Netanyahu government, which is uh, hanging on by a thread. Matter of fact, I want to talk about that a minute. Stick with me. We have a great guest coming up, too. Mike Farris is a good friend of mine, and it was his group that represented the teacher in Loudoun County. Who said, no, 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 there's actually two sexes. I'm not using all those pronouns when I teach my kids. It was his group, so we'll talk to him in a minute. But the Israeli media is actually worse than the American media. It's filled with Marxists and socialists, many of whom's ancestors come out of Europe. You look at their governing system, it was developed by European socialists. And there were battles, even in the founding of Israel, between, you know, the Menachem Begins and the ben gurians and so forth. And so I guess the socialists won the day, and they decided to set up a government much like Italy's, I suppose, which means it's broken up into the tiny little parties, and they they think this this will promote the people's will. Well, what's happened in Israel is a demonstration. That the Israeli elite, and that would include the fools in the media, certainly the fools in the court system over there, don't believe in little d democracy or parliamentarianism. There's a saboteur there. There's a Rasputin there by the name of Bennett. And this guy Bennett ran for office, created his own party, ran to the right of Netanyahu, was criticizing Netanyahu from the right. He won a big six seats, including his own, out of 120 Knesset seats. That's the way it works. They, their, their voting percentage was so small, well under 5%, that they could only get six seats out of 120 in their Knesset, their parliament. And there's a bunch of little parties like this on the hard left. There's a couple of Arab parties like this on the hard left. And they always call these guys center-left. There's nothing center about them. The Israeli people have rejected the hardcore left in Israel. The biggest party is the little coup party, Netanyahu's party. And then you have religious parties, Zionist parties, and together they try to to get the 61 seats necessary to have the government. Well, this Naftali Bennett and his band of six or seven uh, members of the Knesset, would-be members of the Knesset, We're supposed to throw in with the Netanyahu team, not with the hard left, and not with the Arabs. But they had an idea, this guy Lapid, who's a real sleazeball. This guy Lapid, another one with a minimal number of members of the Knesset, he says, I'll tell you what, we'll let you be the prime minister first for a year or 18 months. You can go first, I'll go next, if you'll give us your six votes. So this Naftali Bennett is in a hurry to be prime minister. He's in his 40s. He was Netanyahu's chief of staff. He doesn't like Netanyahu. And he sees this as his only opportunity. After all, his party only got six or seven members. He's not well liked by the population generally in Israel. That's all he could get was less than 5% of the vote. He says, this is my shot to become prime minister. So having run to the right of Netanyahu, he now throws in with the left. He now throws in with the left. And so the left now is likely to form a government with a majority of one. Because this clown and his fellow clowns in this clown party have thrown in with the left. They've betrayed their own voters. There's been surveys done where 85% of the people who voted for that party now wish they hadn't has nothing to do with democracy. And he says he's going to bring unity back and they're going to have a post-Netanyahu period. So now what are the media doing? They're trying to mimic the American media. Netanyahu has pounded Naftali Bennett and his so-called party, which can fit in a telephone booth. And now Naftali Bennett says, we're getting threats on my life and my family. And so the media is saying... Ready for this, America? That Netanyahu is inciting an insurrection. That Netanyahu is inciting violence. Netanyahu says the other day, wait a minute. My life's been threatened. My family's been threatened. How come the media... No, 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 no. So you've got this idiot Ravkin. You've got this idiot Katz now who's destroyed the Jerusalem Post. You have the the clowns of the New York Slimes, anti-Semites all... The American media, the Israeli media, and they're trying to do to Netanyahu what they did to Trump. Now Trump is now, as you see, Netanyahu unhinged. Not Naftali Bennett. Naftali Bennett's right now, let me tell you what a fool this, this Naftali Bennett is. He has no support in the right in Israel anymore. The left will use him to throw out Netanyahu. And then as Prime Minister, he won't be able to do anything without the left and the Arab party support. So in other words, he's boxed in, but he doesn't care. He wants to be Prime Minister. He wants desperately to be Prime Minister. With his six or seven members of Parliament, with his under 5% of the vote. And Netanyahu and others have said, we've never had a government where the Prime Minister got less than 5% of the vote, or his party did. So now Netanyahu is inciting violence, you see. It's amazing when you see the slime, the dishonesty, the immorality of the media, of the left, of saboteurs like Naftali Bennett, and how they pretend to be righteous. A post-Netanyahu period. Let me tell you what's going to happen should this government actually occur. Biden and his band of anti-Semites are going to get their way with the state of Israel. The violent terrorist Palestinians are going to become even more violent and terroristic because they know that's the way you influence policy under Democrats. And they'll probably give them more money. And Iran will get the nuclear bomb. And this so-called government, should it take over, was not even... Voted in by the vast majority of the people. About a month ago, Netanyahu said, all right, I have an idea. Rather than vote for parties, how about we vote for the individual to determine who could be prime minister? I'll run. Tali Bennett can run. Lappi can run. Whoever wants to run can run. They said no. Because the polls show that Netanyahu would win big. So they try and create this This narrative about Netanyahu, that he's off his rocker, the way they did the same thing about Trump, that he's trying to incite violence. There's now threats against this guy, Bennett. Of course, there have been threats against Netanyahu, as there have been threats against Trump. Same thing. Same thing. The left is diabolical and evil, no matter what country it is in. When we come back, a teacher, again, Loudoun County is ground zero. A teacher who dared to say, no, I am not going to teach my children a lie. A lie about gender. Has been reinstated at the direction of a judge. And the organization that brought this, this lawsuit is run by Michael Farris, President and CEO of Alliance Defending Freedom, and he'll be with us in just a moment. I'll be right back.
2: love in.
0: Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code LEVIN, podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, PODCAST. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code LEVIN, podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Michael Farris is a friend. He's a hell of a smart guy and litigator, constitutionalist. He's been fighting the bad guys for a very, very long time. He's president and CEO of Alliance Defending Freedom. Michael, it's been a while. How are you?
3: I am great, my friend Mark. It's good to talk to you. haven't seen you in the grocery store
0: lately. (laughs) Well, you're not looking in the dessert section. Anyway, um, (laughs) I want you to tell us about this case. You know, we're getting little snippets of it and why you felt it was so important that your organization that defended this teacher.
3: Glad to do so. Uh, Tanner Cross is a longtime elementary PE teacher here in Leesburg, Virginia, and he uh, objects to a proposed policy that the school board's is considering uh, on transgender issues, and which would include, among other things, a speech code requiring him to uh, use opposite gender pronouns for students, and he was willing to adopt to that by using whatever first name a child would uh, want to use and uh, try to, you know, uh, go along with his religious beliefs and do his best he could to to accommodate the policy. The school board um, didn't like him speaking out at a school board meeting. One-minute speech last week at the school board meeting, objecting to the policy, urging them not to adopt it. And uh, there was um, 5 emails sent to the school officials, from parents from his school, complaining about uh, his speech. And so the school district suspended him. Um, All right, so let's stop one second. So
0: he's speaking at an open public school board meeting where they're eliciting comments. He's a teacher, but he's also a citizen. And five other citizens basically are objecting. And basically, if they're writing the school board, they want him punished for speaking as... His views, correct? Correct. That's
3: right. All right. Next. And so that's that's uh, the, the school officials decided to go with what we believe is essentially a heckler's veto, and, uh, and it was also, of course, you know the, the policy the school district wanted to adopt. And so we sued because we think that this uh, violation of free speech rights was so egregious. Uh, and so apparent that it needed to be done. now we we have defended a number of educators who have been fired for refusing to play comply with these kinds of policies we think that is a free speech violation we won one of those cases recently in the sixth circuit court of appeals for a college professor on essentially the same issue but that was on the on the substance not just speaking out at a school board meeting but the the merits of the policy itself but um you know loudon county couldn't help themselves they couldn't wait until there was an actual policy in place they decided to fire or suspend him preemptively uh, in, in the hearing that was held on Friday on the motion for a preliminary injunction and uh, temporary restraining order, the uh, the school board's lawyer argued that one of the justifications for this is that seven times in the last two years they have suspended other teachers for their out-of-school speech, including Facebook posts. Uh, one of them, they noted, was about uh, Facebook posts about Black Lives Matter, which stirred up some other citizens. and and they got a teacher suspended for that. So, you know, their defense was, well, we've been violating all kinds of people's constitutional mm-hmm. rights, so why should he you complain uh it was one of the most astonishing admissions i've ever heard in my life and of course in discovery as the case goes on we'll be delving into those other cases and and seeing you know do, do they uh, handle every parental complaint in this way i mean mm-hmm. I, I guarantee you that if parents are complaining about not wanting their kids indoctrinated in critical race theory they're not following parents wishes and so they're very very selective in in following parents wishes and in so doing, they've violated the Constitution.
0: This school board f- flipped, right? It was Republican. I mean, I know they run nonpartisan, but we know, but, you know, look between the lines. Right. And now it's pretty radical, isn't it?
3: It's very radical. And, and of course, there's a, an effort uh, going on in our county here to uh, recall some of those, those, those board members. But, uh, you know, that's, that's some other concerned citizens doing that. Uh, we're just simply doing the lawsuit for Tanner at this stage.
0: Are you having more and more teachers or other personnel working in the school system in Loudoun County and surrounding counties coming to your group and saying, look what they're doing? Look how they're treating us or me.
3: Yes, yes, indeed. In fact, once this happened with Tanner, I, I was getting a flood of calls from teachers who were anticipating that they would be next. And, um, and so apparently there was, a, another school board meeting this afternoon and I was, uh, in transit, so I didn't get to listen to it, but, uh, apparently some other teachers stood up in defense of Tanner too. So we'll see what they do. See if they, they have the, uh, they're going to double down and, and go after these other teachers as well. But, uh, uh, I, I really think that there is a move afoot in this country that is going to sweep across the country and is going to, I think, flip the political narrative in a major way in this country. That uh-huh. parents have said, Look, I am sick and tired of you politicizing everything and making everything about race and everything about sex. I want to get my kids back to basic academics and to love America. You're teaching them to hate America. And to not believe that you know God created us male and female, and the other radical agendas that they're on. And parents just want algebra and basic history and basic science. They don't want this nonsense. And it's—I think it sweeps pretty uh, widely in the uh, across fairly widely across partisan lines. And there's going to be a revolution, I think, among parents, and it's going to have major political impact in the state and around the country.
0: Don't you think this, in part, at least at the national level? Mike Farris, is a reason why they want to change the voting system so Democrats can't lose. So it doesn't matter what the people think.
3: Well, indeed, um, it 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 really does. I mean, I uh, went to uh, Gonzaga Law School, but we had a Harvard Law professor teach con law as a visitor, and I was in his office one day, and he said, "Mike, it's too bad we make so many decisions in this country by." counting heads rather than by weighing heads and and that's been the elitist view for a very long time is they don't like they don't like the principles of a representative uh, government a constitutional republic they want the elites to run the country and uh, so the the way they can do that was with hr1 and other mechanisms that will uh, try to make permanent the kind of shenanigans we saw going on last november
0: and these elitists whether they're in the media or academia or whatever they really do hate america and americans don't they
3: they do they they think that that america was founded it was it was too christian it was too capitalist it was too freedom loving and none of those things uh, fit into their dialectic view of the world uh, they they want to see victims and oppressors they think they're they they align themselves self identify as the victim class even though most of them are simply you know it's, it's nonsense if you look at their life, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, um, that's how the Marxists divide everybody up. And, and it, it's you know it used to be the bourgeoisie and, mm-hmm. and and the proletariat and all that, but nowadays it's you know uh, along racial lines, along sexual lines. But as long as they can divide people up and get people at war with each other, that's their view of how to how to win and how to change this country because they do not like. The fundamental principles of freedom, where we say free speech is for everybody, free religion is for everybody, freedom of opportunity, and equal opportunities for everybody. They don't like an everybody kind of country. They want class warfare.
0: And you know uh, at least the, uh, the roots of how they operate, because uh, you had the Republican establishment and the Democrats collude to stop you in a statewide election because they were just afraid you might actually win. And it's a pleasure to have you on. It's a pleasure to call a friend. You do outstanding work, Mike. Keep it up, baby.
3: Thanks, Mark. God bless you.
0: And God bless you, too. That's Mike Farris, President and CEO of Alliance Defending Freedom, the group that defended that teacher and so far has won. We'll be right back. There was a piece uh, on the internet and in the news that uh, Joe Biden's budget speaks of women as, I wrote it down here, birthing people. Is that how you women view yourselves, as birthing people? Is that how you mothers and grandmothers view and viewed yourselves, as birthing people? This is the insanity. One of the other things... Many things I talk about in this book, American Marxism, is the language. Academia comes up with all kinds of words and phrases, and the radicals push them into the culture. Normally through the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party is the vessel through which, in many cases, they operate. Not every case. Antifa doesn't operate through them, but I'm not talking about Antifa. So I would ask any of you women out there who voted for Joe Biden, does that sound like a moderate or a centrist to you, where in his budget, women are spoken of as birthing people? And by the way, if you're on the left, wouldn't you say uh, women aren't necessarily birthing people? Isn't that kind of uh, stereotypical? Isn't that like a put-down? Not to me, by the way, I'm just saying. From the left, the feminist left. So women are now birthing people. And there aren't two sexes. All kinds of genders. All kinds of things you can do. 58 flavors. You know, for Baskin-Robbins, what was it? 37 flavors, Mr. Producer? Now it's 58 flavors. And we're all supposed to accommodate that because as Barack Milhouse Benito Obama says, this is a civil rights movement, ladies and gentlemen. This is a civil rights movement. As Joe Robinette, Biden Jr. says, this is a civil rights movement. Big civil rights movement. We've reached a point here, you know. I forget that word he likes to use. He, he, he learned a new word. This is a, a point now that we've, we've reached. Where we've got a, this is history. More is happening in 10 years than 50 years before. He actually thinks he's some kind of great figure. He's an idiot. There's nothing great about this buffoon. But he tries to create the narrative. And then he moves further and further left. There's a piece in The Federalist by Tristan Justice. After ignoring BLM riots, federal prosecutors demand capital riot defendants pay for damages. What? Prosecutors estimated the cost of damages to the U.S. Capitol building on January 6, $1.5 million in court documents reviewed by the Washington Post and report last week. U.S. Attorney's Office seeking to recoup at least a portion of the damages with restitution payments from Capitol defendants, who were prosecuted primarily for crimes of trespassing or disorderly conduct, or in some cases violent conduct. Plea deals outline the arrangements for restitution. Quote, your client alleges that the riot that occurred on January 6 caused, as of May 17, 2021, approximately $1.5 million in damages to the United States Capitol, read one plea agreement. $1.5 million? I mean, that's small potatoes compared to Antifa and Black Lives Matter. They cost $2 billion or more. The defendant, 38-year-old Paul Hodgkins from Florida, agreed to pay $2,000 in damages to the Treasury Department. Several defense lawyers told the Post that prosecutors are seeking $2,000 in restitution in each felony case, $500 in misdemeanors. How prosecutors calculated the nearly $1.5 million estimate remains unclear. Prosecutors gave no details, but the estimate appears to reflect the immediate cost of replacing broken windows, doors, and the property, the Post reported spokeswoman for the architect of the Capitol, said so the agency gave damage assessments to the Justice Department, which calculated the per-case penalty. While prosecutors estimate the direct damage to the Capitol at $1.5 million, the figure which is likely inflated by a beltway inclination to exploit the Capitol crisis, combined with double standards of justice, is dwarfed by the $1 to $2 billion estimate of damage from just the two weeks of violence to sweep the nation in the immediate afterwards of George Floyd's murder last year. According to an estimate from Property Claims Services, PCS, which has tracked insurance claims from civil unrest since 1950, just two weeks, two weeks of rioting that kicked off the ensuing summer rage cost up to $2 billion dollars in the most destructive outbreak of political anarchy in recent American history. The figure does not include the more than 100 days of consecutive chaos in Portland or the explosive unrest in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, five Republicans, as I recall, five. Here it is in the Daily Caller. They want, they're trying to figure out, what, what, are, what is the justice system doing here, treating... Some people one way and some people another. We've talked about this at length. The great author, Kelly, over there at American Greatness. Justice must be administered equally. Republican senators demand answers for 2020 riots and Capitol Hill riot from Department of Justice. A group of Republican senators sent a letter to Attorney General Merrick Garland demanding answers regarding punishments for those who stormed the Capitol on January 6 and those who rioted over the spring and summer of 2020. So the Daily Caller first obtained the letter. In other words, it was leaked to them, which was sent to the Department of Justice by these senators: Ron Johnson, Ted Cruz, Tommy uh, Tuberville, excuse me, Mike Lee, and Rick Scott. In the letter, the group of Republicans—why only five? That's one, two, three. Where are all the rest of the Republican senators? Every damn one of them should be signing this letter. In the letter, the group of GOP senators draw parallels between the treatment of the Capitol rioters to the treatment of rioters throughout the spring and summer of 2020 and call for clarifications on punishment. Throughout the spring and summer of 2020, there were nonstop protests and riots after the death of George Floyd. Cities were set on fire and companies and small businesses were looted across the country. The Republican senators asked, among other questions, how many people were arrested for committing crimes during the 2020 spring and summer riots If federal law enforcement used geolocation data for defendants' cell phones to track rioters down, how many of the rioters were released on bail? Did the federal law enforcement utilize geolocation data from defendants' cell phones to track prosecutors associated with the unrest in the spring and summer 2020? If so, how many times and for what locations and riots? How many individuals who may have committed crimes associated with protests in the spring and summer 2020 were arrested by law enforcement using pre dawn raids and SWAT teams? These are damn good questions. But you only have 10% of the Republicans who signed this letter. Where's the other 50, excuse me, 45 for a total of 50. How many individuals were incarcerated for allegedly committing crimes associated with protests in the spring and summer 2020? How many of these individuals are or were placed in solitary confinement? What was the average amount of consecutive days such individuals were in solitary confinement? This is important. How many of these individuals have been released on bail? How many of these individuals were released on their own recognizance or without being required to post bond? How many of these individuals were offered deferred resolution agreements? How many Justice Department prosecutors were assigned to work on cases involving defendants who allegedly committed uh, crimes associated with a protest in the spring and summer of 2020? And how many FBI personnel were assigned to work on cases involving defendants who allegedly committed crimes associated with protests in the spring and summer of 2020? Then they have some more questions. Did federal law enforcement utilize geolocation data from defendants' cell phones to track protesters associated with the January 6th protests and Capitol breach? So how many times and how many additional arrests resulted from law enforcement using geolocation information? That's spooky, isn't it, Mr. Producer? We know you were in Washington, honey. We looked at your cell phone traffic. How many individuals who may have committed crimes associated with a capital breach were arrested by law enforcement using pre-dawn raids and SWAT teams? How many were incarcerated for allegedly committing crimes associated with a capital breach? How many of these people are a workplace... Okay, it's repetitious. I already mentioned all that. I want to thank these five senators, and I want to know where the other 45 senators are. Don't they care about justice and equality and due process? What's happening to these people? January 6th, incitement to insurrection, say the Democrats. When we had months and months and months of not just incitement, but violent riots, looting, arson, insurrection occurring in one city after another, which they were blind to, they were Helen Helen Keller. But here, we need gulags for the people on Capitol Hill and the media cheering along every step of the way. Sick bastards. I'll be right back. Much Lovin'. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code LEVINPODCAST. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Don't forget to pre-order your copy of American Marxism. Many of you have and many of you are, and it's greatly appreciated. We're going to build an army of patriots and freedom lovers to push back like this nation hasn't seen in in recent times. We need to build a movement, well, recent times. We need to build a movement like the Tea Party movement, the Reagan revolution, the Trump revolution. We need to build a movement of liberty-loving Americans. We're going to go into these various institutions and make a difference. I just got my book. Now, you can't get yours yet, but I I wrote it, and I literally just got it, and I think you're going to really be... Well, I think you're going to really say, you know what? It's worth the $17.48 or whatever they're charging at Amazon, almost 40% off or Barnes & Noble or Walmart or wherever, and we're going to hit the ground running. Look, we're not interested in being the first, the last, the everything. That's not the point. The point is I have a unique position here. I have a microphone. I've plopped several platforms. And I said before, I'm an activist. And so it's important to really understand who and what we're dealing with. I can't wait around for other groups or sites or something like that. I hope they all pile on and pile in with all the rest of us. But this is what I do, this is my mission, and this is what I want us to do together. And I think we can and we will. American Marxism. You can go online right now. Meritopia, excuse me, at... uh, Amazon.com, at Barnes & Noble, at uh, all the rest of them. But we've remained very high up on the Amazon list, even when I'm not on the air. That means you folks are really engaged. And you're really sick and tired of what's taking place. And you're ready. And I'm ready. And I can't wait. So, I can only talk about so much that's in the book. But when the book comes out, we're ready to roll. It's coming out July 13th. We want to press as many pre orders as we possibly can and send a signal to the to the world. To the world. And we're not gonna play games with words anymore either. These aren't democratic socialists, they're not liberals. These are movements spawned from Marxism. That's what they are. And you're hearing more and more people speak that way now. It's getting easier and easier to speak the truth. And that's exactly what we need to do. That's one of the things I want to I do with you. These are American Marxists. That's exactly what they are. And I'm tired of the media playing games because they're participants. And Barack Obama knows exactly what the hell he's doing and these phrases they use, and the terminology they use. So now, you see, they're going to dehumanize women. And that's how we need to speak. We're going to dehumanize women. They're birthing people. No, they're women. They're ladies. With a certain kind of genitalia. They're women. And you're not going to take science and knowledge and fact and get us to surrender it to your perverse, hideous ideology. It ain't going to happen. And no, we're not buying your climate change crap. We know exactly what you're trying to do. Immediately, Biden executes for the, for the American Marxists surrounding him. Kills off Keystone XL pipeline. Opens up. the Now, just think about that. Why would you agree that the Russians should have a pipeline, but we, the Canadians, should not? It has nothing to do with climate. It has to do with ideology. Has to do with ideology. And in the case of Biden, in addition, has to do with being paid off. Oh, yeah. It's true. This is a psychiatrist you've heard about, her, I'm sure, Aruna Kelahanani. I have no idea where she's from or whatever. It doesn't matter. She's a, at Yale. She's, a, she's giving a lecture titled, The Psychopathic Problem of the White Mind. Yale. How many of you out there have kids at Yale and are paying their tuition? How many of you out there know that Yale has a massive endowment fund? And we sit around and we act like there's not a damn thing we can do. Well, you know, that's Yale. Well, you know, Stanford. Well, what can I do? It's Harvard. That's going to change, too. You watch. That's addressed, too, in American cannot. We cannot surrender these institutions... To the they're not just radicals and Marxists they are nuts and they are destroying this country they are destroying this country and we've look we live our lives as I said we don't get up every day looking for a fight and so forth but we cannot allow this to continue and we're going to fight now and I'll be right back
1: In the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark
0: Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number is 877-381-3811. 381 3811 Here's a montage put together by the Daily Caller. So we want to look at the border. For a little bit, and Kamala Harris, of what she said in 2021, yesterday, and what she said in 2019. Cut, seven, go.
4: I want to be clear to folks in this region who are thinking about making that dangerous trek to the United States-Mexico border. Do not come. Do not come.
0: Now, let's yeah. just stop a minute. You see how superficial she and her boss, Joe Biden, are? They think they've said something profound. And yet the border is wide open. And so they don't need her to say, do not come. They read between the lines by their actions. Right? Didn't Joe Biden say, during the Democrat debates, surge to the border? If you want refugee status, surge to the border? But the facts speak for themselves. Not do not come. The facts speak for themselves. Another 170,000, another 170,000 people last month, or stop the de border. Think about that. It's a big city, 170,000. Now here she is in 2019. Go.
4: presented ourselves as being a nation of strength with strong arms. That when people are fleeing harm, we will embrace them. But look at what has happened with this administration. There are children who are fleeing murder capitals of the world. Let's be clear about this. Imagine a mother who makes a decision to pay a coyote to transport her child across the entire country of Mexico, facing unknown peril. She does that because she believes for that child to stay where they are is worse.
0: Hmm. And notice they'll never talk about MS-13. They'll never talk about the opioid problem. They'll never talk about these gangs. Do you know last year I just read that 100 politicians were assassinated south of the border by these drug cartels? 100. We need to secure our border for the American people. For the American citizen. That's why we need to secure our border. As I've said all the time, we're a nation of citizens, not immigrants. No nation could be a nation of immigrants. A nation wouldn't exist. It doesn't mean that we don't have immigrants who become citizens, but a nation is a nation of citizens, not immigrants. And so Kamala Harris is on NBC News last night, and the host there, Lester Holt, that's a really tough question, I thought, Mr. Producer, didn't you? Why haven't you gone to the border yet? Wow, my God, that was a stumper. And then I'll answer it for her. Cut eight, go. Americans
1: don't see a lot of that on a daily basis. What they yeah. do see it, they're at their own border, children being lowered over fences, yeah. children coming in with, you know, phone numbers stenciled on, on their hand. Yeah. And so the question has come up, and you heard it here, and you'll hear it again, I'm sure. It's why not visit? the border? Why not see what Americans are seeing in this crisis?
4: Well, we are going to the border. We have to deal with what's happening at the border. There's no question about that. That's not a debatable point. But we have to understand that there's a reason people are arriving at our border and ask, what is that reason? And then identify the problem so we can fix it. Just quickly
1: put a button. Do you have any plans to visit the border?
4: At some point, you know, I, I we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So you, this, whole, this, whole, this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe.
0: Okay. I'm going to stop there for a minute. I haven't been to Europe. Is Europe America, Mr. Producer? Isn't she vice president of the United States of America? Don't we have a hell of a problem on the southern border? It's, it's amazing to me that Biden and Harris will not go to the southern border. Now, at some point, they'll make a quick move there, so they say they did. Now, it's obvious why they won't go to the southern border, because it'll raise questions, because it's a disaster. And so they're trying to control the narrative. We have been to the border. We, no, no, but you haven't been to the border. Well, That was a tough question, don't you think? They don't want to be booed. They'll be booed like hell. And they'll be booed like hell from American Hispanics. That's exactly what will take place. Because people are smarter than the Democrats think they are. They put us in categories. They think they can think for us. They think they know what we're thinking. They don't have the foggiest. That border is a disaster. It is a disaster. And how dare they complain about Donald Trump. What's going on down there is inhumane. And I'm talking about the southern side of the border. And then look at the northern side of the border. What's happening to our country? We don't even know who these people are who are coming in here. But we do know they've stopped over 900 sex offenders, Mr. Producer. What do you birthing people think about that? What do you birthing people think about that? By the way, I notice on Mother's Day they don't call birthing... People Day, do they, Mr. Producer? I'm going to be fascinated to see how they treat July 4th. Aren't they supposed to be celebrating Juneteenth? Isn't that what it's called? Are there going to be fireworks on Juneteenth? What are they going to do on Juneteenth exactly? Anyway, go ahead, please.
4: I mean, I don't, I don't no. understand the point that you're making. There's I'm
0: something be- freaky about that. Go ahead
4: importance of the border. Well, I, I mentioned I, it
1: because you've been, I, I know Republicans have certainly come at you on this. But Democratic Congressman Cuellar, as a border district, has
0: said to the, you and the president, come. You need, I care to, you need about, to see this. Listen,
4: I care about what's happening at the border. I'm in Guatemala.
0: We didn't ask you to go to Guatemala. And the president doesn't think much of you there, the president of Guatemala. He's, he, he said it like it is. You people opened the border. And then the coyotes started uh, immediately organizing these various trips to the border. It's basic stuff. It's not complicated. They know exactly what's going on, ladies and gentlemen. They're trying to import Democrats. That's what the Democrat Party's trying to do. I've said it for years. I said it in Liberty and Tyranny. That's what they're doing. If they thought these people were going to vote overwhelmingly Republican, they'd seal that damn border off in two seconds. That's how the Democrat Party thinks. That's how Marxists think not about the country. The parties first. The parties are. People say to me, don't they see what they're doing to the country? No. That's not the question. The question is, don't you see how they're empowering their party? Why do you think Joe Biden, this is all connected. Why do you think Joe Biden's going on and on as he is, on and on as he is, about white supremacy? It's the greatest threat we face while the border's open, and Obama's talking out there about how white people don't like the darkening of the uh, demographics or whatever he said. This is front and center in their minds. They're the racists. They are the manipulators. They're the psychopaths. And then, speaking of, Jim Psaki at the White House today. Cut, nine, go.
5: I will say we're not taking advice from former President Trump.
0: Oh, aren't aren't you clever? Aren't you a sleazeball? Maybe you should take advice from former President Trump. Because you're doing a crap job right now, lady. I mean, excuse me, birthing person. Go ahead. The Republicans
5: who are criticizing us on this, given they were all, all sitting there. All right, thank there. you,
0: but no thank you. I'll be right back. Much Lovin'. I want you to listen to Representative Ilian Omar, and I want to ask you a question. If we had a representative in Congress, let's say a white guy or a white woman, who was obsessed with one of the countries on the African continent and was relentlessly accusing that country of apartheid, of being a terrorist nation, and of killing people, would not that person be called a racist? Would not that concern people in the media? Well, we don't have one of those. We have Ilhan Omar, who constantly is demonstrating her hate for Jews and her anti-Semitism, for which Joe Biden doesn't say a thing, for which Nancy Pelosi doesn't say a thing. And this is a huge problem in our country right now, ladies and gentlemen. Alien Omar, a refugee from Somalia, comes into this country, which welcomes her and hates us and hates America. That tells me our immigration system is really broken. Now, some of the lib media types might say, What are you talking? What do you mean, what am I talking about? A nation doesn't invite people into that nation who hate it. That would be suicide. That would be stupid. And here she is. Cut 17, go.
5: I haven't seen any evidence in either cases that domestic courts can, uh, both can and will prosecute alleged war crimes and crimes against humanity. And I would emphasize that in Israel and Palestine, uh, this includes crimes committed by both the Israeli security forces than Hamas in Afghanistan, it
4: includes crimes committed by the. Af- oh, well, let's Afghan stop there. Na-
0: so she compares the Israeli security forces to Hamas. Now, why would you compare the Israeli security forces to Hamas? Well, we know why she does that, don't we, ladies and gentlemen? And then we have Antony Blinken, who is the Secretary of State. This guy is such a chameleon. He's such a a bottom dweller, that the communist Chinese and the Russians, they're all over this guy. They know what a clown he is. Cut 18, go. To the point that, uh, that, that you've made about uh, Hamas. Uh, it, it, it would be unacceptable uh, for any country to have rockets rain down on it. Wow, now we know why he's Secretary of State. He's so smart. Go ahead. Indiscriminately targeting civilians uh, and, uh, and not do something about it. Uh, and as you know, uh, we strongly supported uh, Israel's right to defend itself. Wow. Israel's a right to defend itself? Well, isn't that nice of you? Isn't that nice of you, Secretary of State, that Israel's a right to defend itself? Go ahead. These indiscriminate rocket attacks. Um, as a democracy, uh, Israel also has an extra burden to do everything it possibly can to avoid uh, civilian casualties. No, wait a minute. They do everything they possibly can to avoid civilian casualties. And you know, ladies and gentlemen, there was a time when democracies did not. We call that World War II. When population centers were targeted because it wasn't enough to knock out the Nazi generals. It wasn't enough to target their military sites. You had to target the people in order to bring the war to an end. The Israelis haven't done that. So what the hell is this guy talking about? Again, they create these false narratives. Israel dropped over 1,000 bombs. There were 270 or so casualties. Two-thirds of them were terrorists. Some of the casualties uh, caused by Hamas with their, uh, their great rocket technology. How can you do any better than that, you jerk? Let's take some calls. Let us go to Mer- Let's go. Marie. Laurel Merlin, the great WMAL. Marie, how are you? Oh,
5: good evening, Mark. How are you?
0: Very well, thank you.
5: Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. You had me at Understand Your Enemy this evening. I was planning to listen because I was hoping you were going to talk about that uh, victory with the teacher there Uh in Virginia. So I had every uh, indication to listen to you tonight, but I tell you... When I was listening to the uh, news earlier and I heard Obama droning on about guardrails to Anderson Cooper, I thought, oh, what is he talking about now? Then they showed another clip of him talking about how the right-wing media was dividing the country. And I knew exactly what he meant at that point. He meant talk radio, Hmm. because it certainly wasn't from television or print. So your book that's coming out, I have placed an order. I went right on to Amazon. And I, you're welcome, sir. And I encourage all of your audience and your listeners to anyone, whether they are uh, a veteran listener, such as myself, for many years, or listening and tuning in for the first time, please order this book because well, this is going to explain how to understand the enemy.
0: Well, you're and how very, they talk very kind. And
5: how they think.
0: I appreciate it, and where this comes from. It's very important to know, because we're being scammed by the media and Obama, who say, look at this, they're focused on people, yeah, you know what, he's probably, right. no, he's not right. This is really aimed at the heart of the nation. Marie, I want to thank you very, very much, and God bless you. Take care of yourself. Let us go to Alice Amelia, Ohio, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? Or is it Elise? I'm sorry.
6: It's Alice. Thank you. And it's such an honor to speak with you. I've listened for I don't know how many years. Well, I'm getting old,
0: so it's getting up there.
6: (laughs) And what is he calling us? A birthing person?
0: No, no, no. That's what Biden is calling you all. Yeah, birthing people. Are you a birthing people or are you a woman?
6: I'm a woman. I'm feminine. I'm accomplished. I'm a woman of a certain age. Mm -hmm. I'm still growing. I'm still learning. And Biden didn't think of this. He has the mentality of a house plant. His puppeteers are doing this. Uh He doesn't even know. I don't think he even knows where he is. He's a disgrace. He's making us look awful. Yes. And there's other things I want to say. I'm a dog person. I Uh listened to you. I was with you the night you announced your loss of
0: Barney. of
6: Barney. And I have a precious little one who's 19.
0: Oh my he's lord!
6: Still going, he's still going What kind of dog? Little Alex. You know, I don't know. That's not important. He's mm-hmm. a rescue.
2: Mm-hmm. I
6: uh, he chose me at a rescue in Amelia, Ohio.
2: Mm-hmm. Can I
6: say the name of it? Sure. Uh, it's the Animal Rescue Fund. It's a no kill no kill shelter.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: And his his sight is is getting dim, but I'm becoming his eyes. Uh, we can still take walks. he still has a good quality of life,
0: and nineteen years well, now you know why eight and a half wasn 't enough for me
6: no i and I, and, I,
0: and i and I want you to know on the very last page of uh of american uh marxism that uh is Barney picture of barney it 's dedicated to, uh, to him
6: yes and he, you know he deserves every word of it he uh I'm sure so how
0: long ago did you get your dog?
6: Uh, I got him and he when he was six months old. Wow. So I've had, I've, yes, he's had, he's had nothing but love, the best food, the best veterinary care. If a vet retires, I research to find who's the best one taking his place. He's, he's, you're a
0: real mom to that dog. And let me say this, excuse me, you're a real birthing person to that dog there.
6: I am a real woman to that dog. I am a dog parent.
0: Sounds like you could sing that, that song. What, what was that song? <laughs> I am woman. Remember
6: well, that. I am, I am woman. Hear hear me roar.
0: Hear me roar. We have to change <laughs> the lyrics. I am birthing person. Hear me roar. No. How stupid no, I, are these people? How? What a bunch of ignoramuses! And then they have the Democrats push it, and the media sits there with on their thumbs like it's a thing. I mean, seriously, seriously. All right, my friend, you take care, and God bless you and your dog. We'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over two million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. Let us go to, well now wait a minute, let us not go anywhere yet. A physician caller on C-SPAN to Anthony Fauci 18 years ago, April 2003, Hat Tip National Pulse, one of those great sites, about SARS and how Fauci screwed it up. So this is a physician caller 18 years ago, cut 15, go.
5: You've been at the NIH a pretty long time, and it seems to me that during your tenure our ability to control infectious diseases hasn't improved, but in fact worsened. And even basic health tips such as you can't use antibiotics to treat viral infections has not been adequately communicated to the public because, for instance, people will come in demanding an antibiotic for a common cold, which or any other viral infection, which is certainly serve to um, create more resistant strains, not saying that this has anything to do with this particular SARS epidemic. But um, don't you think it's time that you step down and let someone else who has a more effective message?
3: (laughs) Actually, no.
0: (laughs) There's been a lot of criticism over SARS, a lot of criticism with him over AIDS back when And a lot of criticism now. This guy is a, he is an Olympic-style bureaucrat. The way he's held on all these decades without any serious examination. Without any serious examination. And he has made a mess of things through this virus. I don't care what anybody says. We've all lived through this. An absolute mess of things. I want to hit one other thing before I go back to the callers. Whether on Levin TV or my Fox channel, excuse me, my Fox show, or on this radio program, I've been hammering and hammering and hammering over and over again how our power grid is naked. And Peter Pry has been the expert that I've brought on because this guy is second to none. And still nothing's being done about it. Now we know what the Russians are up to, despite what the the Russia, uh, the the pro-Russia crowd in America thinks. But let us go. Cut 16. This is Jennifer Granholm responding to fake Jake Tapper. Go. Do you think that
5: adversaries of the United States have the capability right now to shut down the power grid? Uh, Yeah, they do. I mean, I think that there are very malign actors who are trying, even as we speak. There are thousands of attacks on all aspects of the energy sector and the private sector generally. I mean, the meat plant, for example. We, It's happening.
0: So um, that really isn't the question, fake Jake. The question is, we know they can do it. The science is out there, fake Jake. Now, what is this administration going to do about it? Hello, hello, hello. What are you going to do? Nothing. They're not going to do anything about it. Jennifer Granholm is another uh, dim-witted birthing person. May I say that, Mr. Reduce? I think I will. And I've met many, many smart birthing people, including in my own family. But she is a dummy. Let's take some calls. Let us go to Stan, Springfield, Oregon, the great KUGN. Stan, how are you, sir?
7: Hey, Mark. Good talking to you. Thank you. I just wanted to reach out and tell you how much uh, I appreciate everything you've done. Um, I've listened to you for quite a while. Thank um, you. I'm ex-military. I spent some time in the service, but I got out, and I'm I'm disguised as a civilian now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but what I'm doing is uh, the only manuals I've ever read, I've only read like technical manuals and service repair manuals for motorcycles, cars, trucks, whatever. And your book, I think, is going to be the very first book that I buy today. After we get off the line. Um, really? I've never sat down and read a book. Yeah, honest. I've never really sat down and read a book. <laughs> well,
2: wife... Stan,
0: let me tell you something on this book. Take your time going through it. You're in no rush. One page at a time, one chapter at a time. Or if you choose, look at the table of contents and, and and skip around. I encourage people to read the whole thing. But take your time. Don't feel overwhelmed. There's a lot of stuff in there just one page at a time a few pages at a time i recommend that to everybody everybody and uh, if you choose to skip around you can do that too this book is it's 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 a resource if, if you know what i mean
3: sure
7: and that's that's what i'm used to and so that's why i think i think i'll be able to really enjoy it so i appreciate you taking the time to write it you wrote numerous ones but like I said, I'm sorry, but this is the first one I'm it's going to, to be, be sorry.
0: So. <laughs> Stan, I want to thank you for your service, too. And God bless you, my friend. Out there in Springfield, Oregon. Let's go to another place. Let's go to Barry in Carmel, New York. I said New York, which is in Westchester County, Mr. Producer informed me. The great WABC. Go.
8: Hello, Mark, the great one. Hello. I, uh, I, I was, hi, can you hear me? Yes. Yes, I'm inspired. I'm actually in my car, just pulled into my driveway, and I just left the Carmel uh, school board meeting. Uh, I don't know how many people out there that are listening that are aware of one unbelievable patriot who is creating a little stir-up. Yeah, yeah, we
0: know we cool. played her entire 11 minutes uh, where okay. she, well, she told that school board what for.
8: And I got a chance to meet her, and... Um, She's incredible, and I just wanted to voice um, the the big issue around the nation that it all comes down to local. Uh, the uh, local you you need to get involved. I mean, this is this as you, it, it, the crazy thing about it. While I was driving up, I was on my way up there, and that's where you opened with. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and
8: I was I made an I made an hour trip to go up there. I was glad I, I was there. It was attended on both sides of the spectrum, so we got a big battle ahead of us.
0: All right, let me ask you about that. Because the teachers' union and the administrator like to turn out people to overwhelm uh, the patriotic parents. Is that what you see happening?
8: Uh, Very hard to tell. I mean, how they were inspired to go there and not to go there. I don't know. I was an outsider. I was talking to a lot of locals. They wouldn't actually let us go into the library because it was... They said it was at capacity, and they were, they were letting in one at a time, so I kind of heard just the end of the meeting. But the other side was vocal, but uh, who knows? I, I don't know. I can't tell you. All I well, we're is-
0: just going to have to deal with it, because the unions think they own these facilities and everything in them, and now they're going to learn that they don't. Just stick with me, stick with these others who are out there fighting on their own and so forth. Now they're going to learn that we own these schools. And it, folks... It shouldn't just be parents going to these school board meetings. It ought to be all of us going to these school board meetings, including taxpayers. I know I was a school board member. So you don't have the kids in the school system to try and save the country, and we'll talk more about that later, too. Barry, thank you for your call, my friend. Let's go to another Barry in Florida. Where in Florida are you, Barry?
9: Hello, Mark. How are you, Mark? I'm okay. Where are you, sir? I'm in Dinellon, Florida, which is about an hour and a half north of Orlando.
0: All right. And how do you hear us? i
9: formerly from Brooklyn and Queens.
0: No way. You uh, sound like you're from Kansas. Now, <laughs> wh- how are you listening to the program?
9: Uh, through uh, 97.3 uh, star radio Wonderful. Uh, here All in right. Central Florida.
0: WSKY. So, it's WSKY, our great affiliate. Go right ahead.
9: And I could say that, you know, I keep hearing people who I love saying that Putin's going to make Biden eat his lunch. And, you know, uh, unfortunately, I think what's happening He already
0: did. He already did. He got his pipeline, which undermines NATO. He already ate his lunch.
9: Yeah, but that was was the down payment, Mark. You're right. This meeting... His meeting's going to be nothing because uh, you remember the Russian reset with Hillary pressing oh, yeah. the buttons; You didn't even know what he's pressing. And Barry,
0: let me tell you something: Putin, Putin's guy already said, "If you lift the uh, these these remaining sanctions, or we're gonna we're not going to be your transport anymore to the space station." I've never understood why we uh, hired the Russians to be our transport to the space station. We don't seem to learn our lessons very well. Hey, look, we're a global neighborhood. We need to be able to work with each other. No, they're the enemy, with all due respect.
9: Oh, they are. They are the enemy, Mark. But the problem is that uh, uh, Biden and Obama and Harris and Rice, they're capitulating Mm. the same way they did before to Putin and to China. Oh, yeah. And that's not changing. We know that. What's
0: changing is they're doing it to every enemy that we have. And then they turn allies like Israel on their head, and it's very, very problematic. Barry, I want to thank you for your call. We'll be right back. love Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong. Well, why do we call Dr. Jill Biden, Dr. Jill Biden? Shouldn't we call, rather, why do we call her the first lady? Shouldn't we start on this program calling her the first birthing woman? Excuse me, first birthing, first birthing person, Mr. Producer? Let me write that down. Dr. Jill, you are the, you're not the first lady. Your husband's made that clear through his own budget. You're the first birthing person. Henceforth, that is how I shall refer to you. We don't have a first lady anymore. We don't have ladies. Birthing people. The insanity. JP Morgan halts donations to Republicans who objected to 2020 election certification. This is Breitbart. Who is it? Joshua Kaplan, JP Morgan Chase and Company, says it will restart making political contributions to lawmakers except the congressional Republicans who objected to the certification of President Joe Biden's victory in the 2020 election, reads a memo obtained by Reuters. So it was leaked to Reuters. So what we will do is address this and this sort of stuff when the book comes out, too. You're just going to have to be a little patient. But again, we don't have to sit back and watch this. Look, that's the point. We're not observers anymore. I mean, we can observe. But I want you to smile with me because a new day is coming. The new day the dawn is here yes we what okay, so if a woman is a first is a birthing person, what's a man I'm trying to think of something clean if a woman is a birthing person, what is a man? clearly not a birthing person, although I probably get fired as a teacher if I said that but a birthing person? A donating person? What what is a man? I think so. Ryan, Springdale, Arizona. where are you? Arizona? Arkansas, I'm sorry. Springdale, Arkansas. The, the great KFAY, how are you?
9: Hey Mark, how's it going, buddy? You're obviously in a tornado or something.
0: I'm good. Go right ahead.
9: <laughs> well, I was just wondering, so this, this birthing people that relegates uh, mothers, you know, to only one role. It's just so-and-so thing. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, it's like, the only role that they have is to give birth. I just... I, I just
0: think it's get... very demeaning, if that's your point. I agree with you.
9: Yes, absolutely. I agree with you. Absolutely. And
0: yeah. what if a woman can have a baby? That was your point.
9: Yes, yes. So, uh, yes, not all, not all women want to or are capable of giving birth you know i Uh mean it's just so so insulting i just unbelievable
0: so we have to take this a step further it's not what is between your legs it's not what's between your ears it's what's between biden's ears which is nothing all right ryan thank you for your call my friend let's continue let us go to Melia, las vegas nevada Okay, guys. How is she? Li- you got to put it in here. How, how is she listening to us in Las Vegas, Nevada? What station?
6: Mark, I'm I'm, I'm going on one oh K Dawn, go ahead. Oh. Go right ahead. Yes, and, and I want to thank you so much because you know what? I've never really been into politics very much until 2016, when i I was not born here in the United States, but I mm-hmm. came to the front door. Mm-hmm. My parents came when they were with five kids i was and i never voted my life until until trump ran in 2016 when mm-hmm. i saw that i can't say it on the radio when i saw that evil witch running i knew i had a i had a vote excuse me that's the first time i ever voted excuse
0: me a birthing person of the opposite party yes mm-hmm. and that
6: is so ridiculous
0: Yes, I agree with you. Maria. It's great to have I got to get to Las Vegas. I got to sneak into Las Vegas. I like their restaurants are unbelievable. I like to play Blackjack and then uh, see a show and then get out of there. My wife and I we got to figure out how to, when to do that. All right, you take care of yourself, Maria. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. and I, I appreciate you. We were number one again Sunday night. Thanks to you. And I want to encourage you again, head over to uh, the various sites, including Amazon, and uh, grab your pre-order. It's first edition, it's almost 40% off, and it'll be there the day it comes out. God bless each and every one of you patriots. See you tomorrow.